0: I've, I do think that uh, that even with the sickness that we have and the absences and uh, people that aren't able to be with us, we have been blessed this morning, appreciate Braden stepping in for this morning's early service and uh, for the Sunday school lesson from Brother Randy and uh, those that have been with the kids downstairs, appreciate everyone, um, and even... and. All of the little things that that make every service run smoothly. Appreciate everyone uh, to for being here. Um, if you would turn with me in your Bibles this morning to Hebrews chapter 12. Hebrews chapter 12, and we're going to be looking at verses three through eleven. I am kind of kicking myself because this is I feel like this is another heavy handed topic like uh, what, what Braden brought to us this morning. Um, i I don't know that I'm going to lay it on quite as thick as he did, but uh i was it was either this or I was going to go to um First Kings Chapter Four, and that is a list of names. So you're welcome. I just <laughs> I decided not to go through uh, King Solomon's cabinet, but Hebrews, Hebrews chapter twelve and verses three through eleven. We're going to start start there. Um, For consider him who endured such hostility from sinners against himself, lest you become weary and discouraged in your souls. You have not. "'yet resisted to bloodshed, striving against sin. "'And you have forgotten the exhortation which speaks to you as sons. "'My son, do not despise the chastening of the Lord, "'nor be discouraged when you are rebuked by him. "'For whom the Lord loves, he chastens and scourges every son whom he receives.' If you endure chastening, God deals with you as with sons. For what son is there whom a father does not chasten? But if you are without chastening, of which all have become partakers, then you are illegitimate and not sons. Furthermore, we've had human fathers who corrected us and we paid them respect. Shall we not much more readily be in subjection to the father of spirits and live For they indeed for a few days chastened us as seemed best to them, but he for our profit that we may be partakers of his holiness. Now no chastening seems to be joyful for the present, but painful. Nevertheless, afterward it yields the peaceable fruit of righteousness to those who have been trained by it. Let's go to the Lord in prayer. Lord and Heavenly Father, we're again thankful for this day. We're thankful for the this group of believers that you've uh brought together through salvation provided by your your son, the work that he did, the perfect life that he lived, and the the endurance of the torture on the cross. Lord, the sacrifice that he made by spilling his blood. Uh, Lord, the the death that He gave as the wage for our sins. And Lord, the fact that we have life everlasting, He has everlasting life to give, He proved that being resurrected. Lord, we're so thankful for Him and we ask that You would constantly give us an appreciation for Him in our hearts and forgive us when we fail You. Lord, I ask that You would give me the strength to uh, preach this message with accuracy, and that it would be applied in a way that we can understand it and use it, and Lord, that we would truly look more like Jesus, our Savior. Forgive me when I fail, fail you. Pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. So, Hebrews chapter 12, it opens in verses 1 and 2. It is meant to put us into a first-person perspective in those two verses uh, on a racetrack. There is an endurance course laid out in front of us that is our life as Christians following behind those that have gone before us. People of faith in the Old Testament pre- uh, presented tangible examples of faith and God proved Faithful in his promises toward them. This is building on chapter 11, excuse me. Um, Chapter 11 presented those Old Testament people of faith, and we can move forward on the course of faith with confidence that our faith will be rewarded. Jesus has gone before us, fulfilling the law and the prophets and claiming his place at the right hand of the Father, but not without enduring persecution and adversity. He's gone before us, setting the course and securing salvation for believers, but we have to endure this life. As we seek to follow the example of Jesus, we will encounter similar persecution for our faith, but not without purpose. The purpose comes when the Lord uses persecution and adversity to discipline believers so that we may grow in righteousness as His children and learn to endure as Jesus did. And this passage begins in verses 3 and 4 with Christ our example. The focus of the book of Hebrews is the superiority of the new covenant that has been established through and by Jesus' sacrifice on the cross. As opposed to the religious system of animal sacrifice found in the law of Moses, there is a temptation for the Jewish Christians to whom this letter was written to return to their old familiar system of worship for many reasons and one of them being persecution. The fear of this author, this, the writer of this book, is that his audience will become worn down and discouraged by words, let alone by physical harm that may come to them. If you can imagine yourself as a, one of these first century Jewish Christians claiming the same God that your friends and family do, but with newly established worship practices, and a new belief that a man named Jesus fulfilled the law of Moses in its entirety and is Himself God, how does your life change? If all of those things come to fruition for you, you may become ostracized from people that still follow the, the Old Testament law cut off from your family if they refuse to believe that Jesus is the Messiah. You'd be tempted to put Jesus aside for the sake of staying with your family and not pushing your friends away. The new group of believers with whom you worship may be very different from you in terms of societal status, interests, and they may not even have the same nationality. Consider. How diverse the church at Philippi was. Or people that were proselytes to Judaism, like the Ethiopian eunuch. Further still, consider a Jewish Christian, as a Jewish Christian, whether you will be treated the same way that Jesus was by the Pharisees and Sadducees. Would you be physically beaten sought out for execution, stoned, or brought before a Roman governor with a crowd of your fellow countrymen shouting, crucify him, crucify him, or crucify her, crucify her. These people were keenly aware that their faith was not accepted by everyone in their day. More than likely, all of them had experienced some sort of persecution, but not obviously to the point of death. This particular group that is being written to apparently had not experienced the loss of one of their members to persecution, not yet, according to this writer. And it seems a bit counterintuitive, but the author's encouragement focuses on the endurance of Jesus through persecution. He says to consider him. Meaning, to give Him calculating attention. Think through every aspect that you know about Jesus as He endured such hostility from sinners against Himself. These people are worried about persecution. So the solution is to think about how Jesus endured hostility. This thought comes within the context of that endurance race pictured in verses 1 and 2. And with those examples of Old Testament saints from chapter 11, Jesus now sits at the right hand of the Father as the ultimate champion of faith, the author and the finisher, the object of faith, the one who sustains our faith, the perfecter of our faith. He sets the course for us to join Him at the end of the course in communion with His Father as His children. And that is where the writer of Hebrews turns the discussion next. Reminding his readers that difficulties are sanctioned by God and they are a sign that we as His children are loved by Him. And that's where we go next in uh, verses 5-10, through this forgotten exhortation. Uh, Look back again at verse 5. And you have forgotten the exhortation which speaks to you as sons, my son, do not despise the chastening of the Lord, nor be discouraged when you are rebuked by Him. For whom the Lord loves, He chastens, and scourges every son whom He receives. If you endure chastening, God deals with you as with sons. For what son is there whom a father does not chasten? But if you are without chastening, of which you have, of which excuse me, of which all have become partakers, then you are. "...illegitimate and not sons. Furthermore, we have had human fathers who corrected us, and we paid them respect. Shall we not much more readily be in subjection to the Father of spirits and live? For they indeed for a few days chastened us as seemed best to them, but He for our profit, that we may be partakers of His holiness." Difficulties in life prove that God treats believers like His own children and loves them. Any struggle that we face as Christians may be perceived as chastening, correction, or discipline from God. This seems to go beyond per- enduring persecution to any difficult situation that we face. It is a reminder from a piece of Old Testament Scripture that has apparently been forgotten by this group of people. That, as it's stated in verse five, and it's not a direct quote. Um, the closest match comes from Proverbs chapter three, verses eleven and t- twelve. I won't have you turn there, but it reads like this. If you want to just look at the quote that's there in in our texts, uh, uh, verses five and six. My son, do not despise the chastening of the Lord, nor detest his correction. For whom the Lord loves, He corrects, just as a father, the son in whom He delights. You can see that it's not a direct quote, but it's, it's very similar. Now I know that there are differences in thought as to what the ideal raising of a child looks like, but setting that aside, God has lessons to teach us in this life in order for us to be conformed to the image of His Son and genuinely be more like Jesus. Whether we need to be humbled or learn to be generous or be moved from apathy or learn to be sympathetic or empathetic or pushed to share the Gospel or feel hunger and thirst for righteousness or desire peace or be merciful, Whatever lesson God has for us, He is willing to place a burden on us in order to teach that lesson. Hebrews chapter 11, again, it it lists those Old Testament saints that were challenged and tested by God. They weren't perfect, but because of their obedience, despite adversity, they were given a special place in Jewish history. Go back to Abel. Cain and Abel. Abel presented the offering that he knew was proper. And his brother hated him for it, and he was killed. Noah built the ark when he had never seen rain before. He's given this challenge to build a structure that's going to contain two of every animal in the world and keep them safe from what exactly? He doesn't know before he sees it. Abraham left his home to live in a tent in a different country as a stranger. He had everything that he knew. He uprooted his family, his life from this place that he called home to come to a foreign country because God told him to and lived there in a tent the rest of his life. Sarah waited her whole life to conceive the child of God's promise. And she finally did it at, uh, I believe it was the age of 90. Moses left the comfort of Pharaoh's home. He was taken in by the daughter of Pharaoh. And he left that in order to identify with God's people. And he led them out of Egypt through the wilderness. And that list goes on and on. We could keep going through but the writer of hebrews he, he continues on to point out the ways which some of the old testament saints suffered and were martyred new testament saints suffered as well we do we have people in the world that suffer for their faith now the apostle paul spent his ministry with a thorn in the flesh imposed on him so that god's strength could be made perfect in Paul's weakness. There's a reason that God is compared with an earthly father with good intentions to pass along wisdom and training through discipline. I recognize my own son, Oliver, is not old enough for me to have experienced as much as uh, raising and teaching a child as, as some of you have. But I recognize in hindsight that my parents taught using, using punishment at times because it was necessary. I wouldn't have considered myself a problem child, but I'm, if I'm totally honest, I needed the lessons that were taught by punishment. Again, I know there is a spectrum of thought on how to teach or discipline children but that is that is for a short period of our lives we're never going to have perfect methods as parents sometimes we'll fail entirely sometimes pushing too far sometimes not enough but God's discipline is always in the proper way the proper time and for our prophet the writer of Hebrews says he puts us through the fire, to refine the gold. He molds us to be partakers of His holiness as His children and it yields the proper result. And verse 11 is the, the final verse of our text. It results in righteousness. Let's go ahead and read that verse one more time as well. Now, no chastening seems to be joyful for the present, but painful. Nevertheless, Afterward, it yields the peaceable fruit of righteousness to those who have been trained by it. Nobody likes to be corrected or punished. Proper discipline and teaching is difficult to achieve for humans being fallible. We're able to make mistakes. And honestly, we need to be corrected for our entire lives, even if we don't want to admit that as adults. And that's what God does for us in our Christian walk. Righteousness develops when we are trained to endure difficulty. We are presented with challenges in our Christian walk. We are humbled and sanctified through painful circumstances. God teaches us patience to wait for His timing. He shows His strength when we are weak. In the times that I have felt closest to God are when I know that I've done wrong. I felt the consequence of it and I come back to him knowing that he will still love me. I've had to put uh, a lot of pride away in, in my life that I didn't even know was there and it creeps back probably more often than I'm aware of too but in some way, either by circumstance or someone pointing it out to me, I'm humbled again and again and it hurts every time, but I can honestly say I'm better for it. I am preaching this text to myself right now knowing that I'm going to fail a lot as Oliver's father. I must endure that lesson from my Heavenly Father and learn to trust Him to provide the most important lessons that my child will learn in life. The best thing that I will ever teach to my child is that Jesus lived and died for my sins. That He lives again on my behalf at the right hand of the Father as our High Priest in Heaven. Now, there's a, an end to this life, which can be uh, a scary thought or a relieving one, depending on your perspective. Enduring persecution for your faith in this life concludes whether we, whether sooner or later, with uh, an eternity of life and peace and rest, and that is the goal of a Christian. We we can endure this life because. Jesus has a better eternity provided for us. Jesus provides that with the life that he lived as a man beginning in a stable, pursued to be executed as a child, growing up as a nobody from nowhere, living homeless, moving from place to place throughout his ministry, Enduring accusation, betrayal, arrest, slander, injustice, denial, beatings, torture, death, and finally back to life again. Jesus has gone before us and shown us how to endure when we face difficulties in life. And there is a reward for enduring with steadfast faith to the end. Uh, Whatever difficulties we face as Christians, whether it be persecution or loss or chastisement from God, there's something to be learned from Him. And whatever is to be learned, it obviously varies depending on the situation, but Alistair Begg pointed out, um, when we go to Him in prayer, sometimes wondering why we're meant to suffer, we can ask, What are you teaching me? What am I supposed to learn? And I would add, how can this be used for your glory? So we add that to uh, what we've heard from Braden this morning. Will we choose to follow Him in that? He does save us by His grace. Uh, he gives us mercy when we do not deserve it. But we must be devout in following him in order to endure persecution and know that he has secured a greater reward for us than we can imagine.